0: Hi again wrestling fans, this is Gary Cantrell, host of the Shoot, talk on professional wrestling. My guest at this time, former co holder of WWE, WCW, NWA, AWA, and a slew of other tag team championships, one half of the legendary Road Warriors, Road Warrior Animal. Road Warrior Animal, how are you doing today? Good, Gary, how are you doing? I'm I'm doing well. Uh, Why don't you go ahead and and kind of uh, update the fans on what you've been doing uh, I guess uh, outside of the business lately.
1: Well, you know most of the wrestling fans know that uh, over the years uh, I've been a coach uh, throughout various sports, football, hockey, baseball with my kids, softball with my daughter and and now I'm uh, you know, getting to reap the benefits of that. My son James plays football for Ohio State University so I go to most of the Ohio State football games and Spend most of my time doing that, and I also work for DeBartolo Sports and Entertainment, which <coughs> I'm hired as a consultant to talk to the in-between kind of between the player and the uh, and the agent. So kind but, of what I want to do. I always wanted to be in amateur sports, so this is perfect, you know.
0: Absolutely. So it's keeping you busy, I take it, huh?
1: Oh, yeah. I get to fly around the country, do different things, you know, and... Uh, you know, I also do if you know if, if it's right time and right place. I also will do uh, you know independent shots, personal appearances, autograph sessions, and things like that in nature too. So,
0: well, we did uh, recently see you on uh, TNA's Slammiversary pay-per-view, uh, filling in for Scott Steiner. Uh, can you kind of just walk us through, maybe uh, just brief, uh, how, how that came about? Well,
1: you know, the, you know Scott Steiner got hurt in uh, Puerto Rico. Right and uh, him getting hurt in Puerto Rico, uh, they needed a fill in. And of course, when you, you 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 have somebody fill in, that's going to, uh, you know, um, take the place of a superstar like that. You either got to be of equal quality or or a, a more over superstar. You know,
0: absolutely.
1: And I I commend TNA. You know, I mean, they they knew I was uh, working out. And they knew I was ready to go. And I was sitting home, and they gave me a call, and I filled in. You know, it, and from what I hear, I guess uh, Scott Steiner's come back to do a few other shows. I guess he's come back too early, man. He's hurt and stuff. So uh, I told TNA, I said, "Hey, man, I'm available for to do more work if you guys want to do work together." And uh, you know, it, it didn't work out when well, we did any business together. But uh, I tell you what, man, the fans were great. It was just like it was just like going to a, an old WCW crowd. I got the standing right. ovation. The fans were great. chatting LOD. and. uh you know, I gave them what they needed to see, and uh, you know, can't you can't do any better than that, man? The fans are the greatest, so
0: absolutely. Well, uh, how would you rate TNA in terms of you know professionalism, the working environment? How, how was your experience there?
1: Well, you know, TNA was just like it was like walking into WCW, right? That's exactly the way it was, man. I mean, it was great. You had great guys there running the business: Jim Cornette and Terry Taylor, and of course Jeff Jarrett. You know. And uh, you know, and to be able to see people like Dixie Carter again, the owner, and everything else. I mean, it was really nice to see the professional people. Uh, you know, and I got to see some of the new stars we're trying to build, and I got to see some of the stars of the past. But you know, it's still, it's still the guys that have, over the last 10 years that have had the names that are drawing the money for those guys. You know, like Sting, like Kurt Angle, and you know, and different guys like that, and, and Jeff Jarrett. So I mean, it, w- it was nice to see. You know, and <clears throat> what what our business needs now is it needs more of the. uh of the guys of my era to hand down the craft to the guys of the new era, and not 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 enough of that is going on. Right, you know, in our in our business today, and then more of that needs to go on. And uh, you know, what the what the companies need to do is the bosses need to put their egos aside. McMahon needs to put his ego aside, and and whoever with TNA need to put their egos aside, and and have guys that have made it to the top because the guys that have made it to the top and, and they're kind of legends that our business didn't get there by accident.
2: Right, right.
1: That means they learn from somewhere, like like Hawk and I, man. I've learned from Dusty and Harley Race and, you know, Brody and, and all the guys, Saito and Choshu and, you know, Jumbo Saruda and Giant Baba. I learned from the best in the world, you know. I, there's no reason I shouldn't be one of these companies being an agent, teaching these guys how to work, how to wrestle, how to tag team, how to something. But, yeah. you know, you know the, the, the nature of our beast in this business is ego, you know, and, and ego is what it is, you know.
0: Yeah, I, I agree with you. I mean, I think a perfect example of that probably would be Bobby Lashley over in WWE. He just doesn't come off like he's you know fully ready. And I think had he had more you know guidance from some of the uh, some of the legends, he he might be a little better off today.
1: Yeah, Bob, Bobby's not ready. Bobby's a great guy. Bobby's yeah, a physical specimen. Bobby Bobby needs to be with somebody like a Ric Flair for about two months. Right. Seriously, to be taught how to do it or, or have somebody like me take Bobby off and teach him what it's like how to be a big man, you know what I mean? Absolutely. Because there's a difference of being a big man in our business than being the average wrestler. And uh, Bobby goes in the ring still like he's an amateur wrestler, you know, and, right. and he needs to have that the people want to love him, they want to get with him, and they do love him about halfway, but they got to love him all the way, and, and he, needs to, he needs to take that next step and, and polish that craft off. I have no idea why WWE hasn't seen that. You know, the problem is there's not enough top guys in the business today. You know, even you got a great guy like Bradshaw sitting there. Have Bradshaw sit there and teach him what he needs to know. Have Farouk take Bobby Lashley off to the side, teach him what he needs to know. You know, somebody's got right. to be teaching the
0: guy. Yeah, I mean he has he has potential. It just you know it just it absolutely looks like he's you know lacking guidance in that in that sense. And I think yeah, you know yeah. a lot. Of- I'll
1: tell you one, one thing you can't do you know in wrestling. Charisma is something you're born with, something you can't create. Right. You, know, you either got to have charisma and you got to be over. You know what I mean? You got to know how to relate to the people. And uh, that's one thing that Hawk and I figured out is early on how to get the people to react, how to react to them. When they want you to do something, you need to do it and give them what they need to see. And when you start insulting the intelligence of the fans, that's when you start screwing up.
0: Yeah, and, 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 and like, you know, how McMahon kind of, it seems like with guys like Lashley and even earlier. With Cena, it seemed like it was more or less, you know, he had the idea of who he was going to push, and it was like, you know, kind of shoving it down the, da- down the, down the fans' throats, and, and they just really didn't have a chance to, to really fully get over it and, you know, do their job and, and, and get over properly, I, I just don't think.
1: Well, I, you know, one thing I will give John Cena credit for, John Cena is able to carry a match, and I think Cena's probably the last of the guys that have learned the right way. Right. There's a lot of great teachers in the WWE, and there's a lot of great guys that can teach guys things, like Booker T can teach whoever he's wrestling and stuff like that. Right. There <clears> there's <throat> a lot of great guys there. You know, but what needs to happen is that he needs to have, uh, you know, Bobby definitely needs to have somebody in the season. He needs to have somebody in the season and somebody that can teach him something and, and uh, you know, and take and take the time to do that. And right now, you're right, they're not getting that, that, that one-on-one attention to learn the craft. And there's plenty of guys there to teach him. And if those guys right. are busy, there's plenty of guys sitting home that can do it, you know.
2: Absolutely.
1: So there's that old uh, there's that old uh, jealousy thing, and there's that old uh, <laughs> nepotism thing there. You know, my, my brother's working for the company and running the company and stuff like that. So, right. you know, powers and numbers. And, of course, you know, the boss is not going to want to have too many, you know, same-name relatives in the same company because he, he feels kind of threatened by that. So, Right.
0: Uh, what the heck, you know. So. Well, while we're talking about WWE, uh, back in 2005, you made your return to WWE. What uh, you know? What led to that? Because it, it, I was I was very surprised when I when I saw you appear on WWE TV. It kind of, it kind of seemed like it came out of nowhere.
1: Well, you know, and then, well, that's, that's that's one thing that WWE when they do something well, they do it by surprise and they do do it out of the blue. Right. Um. You know, I was not planning on coming back. I didn't want to come back, but they had this idea that they wanted to do something with uh, with Heidenreich. I
2: said,
1: <laughs> all right, I'll be I'll be a businessman. I'll do it with you I'll give it a try. And it wasn't that part that it, that didn't get over. That part got over. It was Heidenreich that failed the thing. I really, really didn't. have anything to do with the WWE. Heinrich was just, just a loose cannon and you know wasn't made out to be a tag team partner. You know.
0: So you so you were you were all you know ready to go for that. You were re- willing to give it a try. And it just I guess it kind of seemed like he wasn't. Well, able I mean, to...
1: you know, the the fans the fans bought it right away. Right. The fans bought it right away, and the fans would cheer, and the fans gave us standing ovations, everything else. So of course it was the. The LOD and the road wearer name that carried the whole thing, and everybody knew that, you know. So, but, you know, besides that aspect of it, you know, I mean, I was willing to give it a try, and, I, you know, 21 years of I, what I put into this business, I said, I'll give it a try there. You know, it was, you know, Absolutely. I, and, you know in our business, sometimes, you know, it's not bitter or sour grapes or being bitter. It's, it's just out of respect. And, you know, I feel that the WWE should have respected me more. Right, because I gave them something that I worked on for 21 years, and I, you know, was willing to say, okay, I'll team team up with you know John Heidreich and you know use my gimmick that's already over that you don't have to build. Right, you know what I mean?
0: It's and, ready to and, go.
1: You know, and what it, it doesn't go their way or, or the way they want it to, and then they just kind of discard you like yesterday's garbage sometimes, and th- that's one of the things that you know <clears throat> puts the fear of God in in the guys in our business, which that you never know. Uh, you know, guys do whatever they do to survive in our business and to last in our business. That uh, you know, you know that you have to be careful of. That you know, you never know what kind of crazy things can happen when you when you, work, when you mess with a man's head and mind and his and his family and his support. You know,
0: absolutely. What what's your opinion on tag team wrestling today? It kinda seems like it, especially in WWE, McMahon's kinda one day really hot on it, then one day really cold on it. You know, you'll see tag teams getting nice and established on television, and the next day it seems like they're kind of, you know, just dropped off the face of the earth and they come out and <clears throat> three minute matches on Raw and it's like they it's like they don't mean anything. What's your opinion on, on the current state of tag team wrestling?
1: You know, um I think the main thing you're you're gonna deal with uh, with that, with the tag team wrestling, is I don't think it's something that Vince has as hard in the tag teams. Right. You know, with Hawk and I, it was something that he didn't have to build. Right. You know, there was always that little uh, I didn't build you guys type deal, you know. I remember the first time we went up there, he said, well, people aren't going to know you up in New York area. And I looked at him and said, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> I said, everybody, you know, TBS is TBS, was just as big as USA Network. I said, people know who we are, Vince. You know what I mean? And uh, I don't know why he's got such a bad thing for tag team wrestling. As a matter of fact, I'm going through my old uh, my old pay stubs because I'm going to investigate it myself, man, because I don't think as a tag team partner that I got paid fairly on my marketing with that company. You know, he yeah. always pays the single wrestler a lot better than he pays the tag team wrestler, and that's not exactly fair, especially oh, when the tag team wrestler is the one drawing the majority of the houses at that particular time, you know.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, tag matches have always had, I mean, you know, of course, when they're book right, there's always that sense of, of you know, nice cliffhangers and drama throughout the match, especially when it opens like a pay-per-view, you know, and it goes, you know, maybe 15, 20 minutes, and, and I've always, I've always personally really enjoyed tag team matches, you know, you have, you know, four guys in the ring, and, the, and it's like, you know, you have more guys in there that are able to tell a story versus, you know, just two guys in there, and that's not to discount oh, yeah, single wrestling, but
1: the drama of a tag team match is more exciting than any singles match ever. Yeah. Very rarely, or you will never see it again, I should say, you will never see the hour of Broadway between Rick Martel and uh, Ric Flair. You're right. not going to see that anymore. You're not going to see the Harley, Harley Race-Flair dramas. You're not going to yeah. see that single match that can ca- captivate an audience for an hour. You, it's just not going to happen. Right. So the next best thing, I think, is, is the tag team matches. You know, when the four horsemen were wrestling, Hawk and I, and Dusty, and even in six band matches, that was the greatest part of entertainment that there was in the business, bar none. I don't care who says anything about it, that was the most fun part of the wrestling business, and that was the most entertaining part of our business. Right. You know, and, and when it went on from that, it went on to tag teams. Every time we ever went for a tag team title, whether it was AWA, WCW, New Japan, WWF, WWE, WCW didn't matter, it always was one of the more favorite matches on the card. And people want to see the numbers. They want to see how it's going to play out. They're going to see, oh, no, what's going to happen if this guy gets hurt and those two get to double up on the other partner? They want to see how he's going to come out of that situation. When he does come out of a situation, who are they going to beat up? Who are they going to kill? You know what I mean? I mean yeah. yeah. It's, just, it's just more twists and turns you can add
0: to it, you know? Absolutely. You have, you know, the face, you know, gets gets beat down, and, and you're waiting for that hot tag. And once you get the hot tag, the crowd really pops you know, big time.
1: Oh, I mean, I'm telling you, you, you uh, I got I got a tag from Steiner, and it, there wasn't you know, that much heat on, it, and 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 I got a hot a big pop in the TNA to make the comeback. Right. You know, that's why I that's why I have companies uh, contacting me today. You know, when they go to my uh, my Road Warriors Inc. Don Cobb website, right? They go to my website and I and I get uh, you know people contacting me because I know they're looking for villains and and good guys for the new Superman cartoon or Superman movie that's coming out. Uh-huh. You know what I mean, and stuff like that. So I mean, you know, the tag team wrestling and the, the the superhero type guy is kind of almost gone in the wrestling business today. You know what I mean? Yeah, He's not there anymore. At one, at one time, you got to think about it. You had Hulk Hogan, the Ultimate Warrior, Jake the Snake Roberts, the Road Warriors, and you know, and 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 the Heart Foundation in, and Demolition in one company.
0: Yeah, larger than life characters, absolutely.
1: Yeah. Now, now look. There's yeah, a big difference in that today.
0: <laughs> yeah, you
1: got one of the best wrestlers in that company doing commentary in, uh, in uh, Bradshaw. You right. You know what I mean? And that that's his choice, but that's that's how the business changed that much. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, there's not these larger in life. I mean, they're trying to put Cena in that portrayal, you know, where he kind of he'll go out in his match and he'll get beat down early on and keep getting beat down and beat down and finally come back and you know it's like this glorious moment, but really it's not. I mean, it doesn't have a lot of you know. A lot of energy to it, I don't think. Well,
1: in order, in order for that to happen, you, you're bad guy. You're heel. Yeah. got to have so much steam on him and so much heat that the people are paying the ticket to want to see him get beat up. Yeah. And unless that happens, you know, you're always going to have this problem in the wrestling business. What's missing now, and there's not enough time because of ratings, right. WWE's not taking the time to build that mean guy or that bad guy
0: you You're exactly I mean, right
1: they, they have they have the talent to do it, they have the talent to do it in Randy Orton. they have the talent to do it with Bradshaw, they have the talent to do it with some of the guys that got there with Kennedy and all the other guys, but right away, I mean, you know Kennedy, he got beat by uh, you know undertaker right away, yeah, you know what I mean I mean I mean so how's he you, you got to rebuild them from scratch now again, you know what I mean you know so I don't know right right now there's such a flip flop your 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 faces or your good guys your Undertaker, your Cena, your Batista, right, and everything are so much more overpowering than your bad guys. Yeah. People have a hard time believing the bad guy is going to be able to even to stop that good guy right now, and that's where it's so
2: lopsided.
0: Well, perfect example, uh, you know, earlier on this year, you had the feud between uh, DX and Rated RKO and Edge and, and Orton were getting squashed, and you had the whole tag team division that got flown, you know, as, as fodder for DX, and they were, you know, the heels like Cade and Murdoch, you know, World's Greatest Tag Team. I mean, they were just getting squashed left and right. Uh, Umaga, when he fought Cena at the uh, New Year's Revolution Royal Rumble, Cena beat him clean twice. You know, there was no. Yeah. There was no Umaga snaps at, at New Year's Revolution, maybe gets himself DQ'd and then Cena gets his big win at Rumble. It was Cena goes over him twice. More recently, Cena did that with Great Collie, went over him clean twice. And it just, you know, you kill you kill the heel heat there real quick. Well, you
1: know, the perfect example is in baseball.
0: Uh-huh.
1: <coughs> Everybody's comparing Barry Bonds to Hank Aaron. Right. There's a, There's that comparison. There's that... You've got to live up to that name and live up to what, the, what that guy has established in the sport. Otherwise, the record of Barry Brown that Barry he's going to break means nothing. Right. What we're forgetting to do here is why would you call Murdoch and his partner the best tag team that has ever walked this planet? You're insulting the intelligence of fans. Not yeah. that Murdoch and his partner are not great wrestlers. They're great guys, great performers, everything. But everybody knows in the history of the wrestling business the greatest single wrestler of all time is Hulk Hogan. Yeah. The the greatest giant the whole time is going to be Andre. The greatest, probably one of the best entertainers of all time is The Rock. No doubt. And you're going to have one of the best, the, not one of the best, probably in my opinion, the best tag team of all time is going to be the Road Warriors. Yeah. And what they should be saying is, man, these guys have many a traits that the Road Warriors, Animal and Hawk have possessed. If you say that, the people are gonna go, oh yeah, yeah. Let's put two and two together. They're putting them in the same class as the Road Warriors. We would say what they try to do is they try to ignore Hawk and I like we never existed in the WWF, which is totally a bunch of crap. Yeah. Because why would you do that? It only adds credibility to your show to to notice and say, hey, we work
0: for the company. Well, they have they have selective uh, memory. <laughs> oh know. boy, they
1: sure do have selective memory. Except for when we want to draw a house and say, "Hey, we need you," and they call you up to have you come do their show. Right. We'll see what kind of selective memory they have when they want to induct somebody into the Hall of Fame here in the next year or two, when they want to induct us into the fame. Maybe my maybe my memory would be as selective as theirs. <laughs>
0: what was it like working for your brother over in WWE?
1: Well, here's that whole situation, and point blank, what what they would should have done in that situation, right? Now, you got to understand, I'm a lot different than my brother. Right. If roles are reversed, my brother will be working for that company. he would be watching my back. Right. And that's what he would be doing in that company. Right. That's what I should be doing for the WWE. I should be the liaison between the wrestlers and the office because I have the respect of the guys that are busting their butt in the ring every day. Uh-huh. I'm not sitting behind an office, pencil pushing something, putting things down on paper, saying, this looks great on paper, when in reality, I'm on the road and I can see what works in the fans and what the fans want to see. Talk to the fans, get their idea of the way they want it to be, or something like that. That's the position I should have within the company, right. but I don't have that position, and it'll probably never happen. But that's the way it should be.
0: Was there was there ever any kind of real friction between you and your brother? I mean, he was directly over you, right?
1: Oh, yeah, but it's, but it's not. Well, it's just, you're talking apples and oranges here. I, I was talent; and he was office. This right. Is a so the the you know, the friction in the company comes from, is caused by Vince, Vince McMahon and comes from McMahon, and it has right. nothing to do with my brother and I. I love my brother. My brother loves me. You know, we're right. family. You know, it, it, you know. Unfortunately, you know, Vince will never be able to break that bond. Yeah. Uh, so and 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 he loves that kind of power play Vince does. He loves to have that. Over him, he loves to have one brother say, Hey, we're gonna have to release you as the other brother. That's just the way Vince is. You know what I mean? Right. And which at, at that particular timing, I was getting ready to walk anyway because it wasn't the business wasn't fun. Right. At, at the point where they took my pain off and they took my 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 my, my identity away and took my shoulder pads away and the spikes and everything, why you would do that after 21 years and try to turn somebody heel is absolutely ludicrous. You know, it, it didn't mean anything. You were turning an absolute stranger heel pretty much. Yeah. So if you were, if you would have turned Animal heel as Animal, the Legion of Doom road warrior guy, that would have been a different story. But you didn't do that.
0: Right, so you were ready ready to walk at that point, and
1: oh, I was—I had about had it at that point. The only reason I didn't walk was was because of respect to my brother.
0: Were they were they making cuts at that point, or or is that what that was, or?
1: Uh, no, they weren't making cuts at that point. Well, they did—they they had already made all their cuts at WrestleMania, you know. And I was still hanging around, and you know, huh? I had some decisions, and I just said, hey, you know, I just, you know, let's just part ways, pretty much. But, right. of course that's not that's not the way it comes across when you read somebody who writes something or anything else. It's oh he was like,' oh, that's not exactly the way it happened. It right. was a mutual it was a mutual agreement
0: right Now you talked about how they you know they took away your face pain and turned you heel what What was your personal opinion when they when they turned Hawk into kind of like that drunk character what What were your thoughts on that?
1: I hated it i hate I hated it a hundred and fifty percent when they did that <clears throat> because they wanted me to do it, and I refused it right. And I said, I'm not doing that. And, and, they, and they said, well, then Hawk said, well, I'll do it. And, per, and the reason why I didn't want to do it is, A, I had kids. Right. And I coached kids, so I wasn't going to have them thinking I was a drunk because you had to make everybody believe it was true. Yeah. And, two, when Hawk did it, it was too close to home because everybody knew Hawk had substance abuse problems. Right. So they should they should have never done that. And I think that was just, <laughs> it, it was just an evil, ruthless ploy and a dig – on what kind of problems my partner had, and I right. don't think it was a very fair business thing to do. What he ended up doing, was, and in hindsight, when you look back on it, the only thing that WWF did at the time was right. they lost themselves out in millions and millions of dollars in marketing money. Because oh, Mark yeah. and I sold a lot of products and marketing for that company. Right. And then, and then doing that and us leaving, they lost out on millions and millions of dollars.
0: Yeah, I, I I really didn't understand it, and he I, I take it Hawk was pretty reluctant to to do it, but he kind of just I guess you know in terms of well, that's his job. He or, didn't
1: want to do it, you know, and, and Hawk was already been suspended two or three times for whatever problems, and right. and he figured, well, okay, I'm going to be a good little office boy here, and I'm going to do it, and he did it, and, uh, and it ended up backfiring on us because he was being a nice guy about it, and of course they turned everything around the all different way, and you know, yeah. This way, Things usually turn out in this business. Yeah, um, I guess kind of. That, that's why. That's why I don't get mad at any of the guys like Mark Merrill or any of these guys that are speaking out now. Right. Well, I was, guys that every, for the guys to get on TV to tell Mark Merrill he doesn't know what he's talking about and he's got no right to talk about it. I read some of the articles that Ken Kennedy wrote and everything else. Those guys have got to be absolutely off the frickin' rocker. <clears throat> Mark Merrill was the Intercontinental Champion for the WWF. Right. His wife was a woman's champion for the WWF, or ex-wife. <clears throat> he knows the locker room. He's been around the locker room. He's been in WCW, been in WWF, WWE. He knows what it's all like and all about. He knows the pressures that are on these guys and some of them right. on some of these people here to stay in shape, to stay in healthy, and what they've got to do. And it's all a personal choice, but everybody knows what they've got to do to continue on to be a top-notch talent in this business. And they've got to be willing to take that chance.
2: Yeah. I mean, for
1: Fit for Finley to go on there and say, you, know, you don't know what you're talking about, Mark, I thought was a real insult to Mark and an insult to the business.
2: Right.
0: Well, you know I mean, uh,
1: There was no reason for them to say that. Oh, Mark, Mark's not out for Mark. Mark's trying to take care of the guys. Right. And the true boys that know what the boys are all about in this business. If the guys are going to speak the truth and not, you know, speak with a forked tongue, and the guys are going to speak the truth and say, hey, I'm willing to talk because I I believe what Mark's saying. But I know you won't get any other top guys to say that because they're all afraid of losing their job.
2: Right, right.
1: And so if but if all the top guys stuck together and said what they believed and said the same thing, here could be a real shake up in this wrestling business.
0: Yeah, I, I absolutely agree with you. Now you talked about, you know, Ken Kennedy coming out and, and uh I think it was also Greg Helms who came out in a blog and they were talking about how, you know, it, you know the, the business has changed, and it's not this rock star, you know, lifestyle anymore. Now you, you were you were in the locker room in the in the early '90s, the late '90s, and and, and more recently in '05 and '06. Can you kind of compare and contrast the differences between those time periods? I mean, has it really changed? Well,
1: the only thing that I could say is that the guys that were still around in the business when I was there, the Bradshaw's, the Undertakers, and everything else, those are the most upstanding guys that were left in the business. Right. Everybody else was like. I hate to say there were there was so much cloning going on, right? Where everybody looked like clone wrestlers, and you know, I respect Helms. Helms is a great wrestler. That's cool. That's fine. But he's mistaken. He's trying to pull one over, and all these guys are mistaken, pulling over on the fan side. Yes, it's maybe not as crazy as it was in years past, right? But the locker room, still the locker room, and it's still a safe haven for the guys and things that are done in the locker room and things that are being discussed in the locker room don't need to be discussed out in public. Yeah. And, and these guys, you know, yeah, okay, it's more yuppie-ish right. in the locker room today. You have more pretty boys that are really concerned about the way they look and everything else. I mean, why there's a dress code in the professional wrestling business, I don't know. <laughs> it's, it's another one of those catch-22s that right. you say, oh, yeah, well, you're an independent contractor, but we're going to make you – Dress this way. Yeah. And, you know, and there's a lot of that double standardness going on in the wrestling business that's got to be hanging out and straightened out. I'm all for guys dressing professional. I don't want anybody to look like a slob. Sure. Or just to wear a tracksuit that looks like he's been beat up, you know, or been in a gang fight. I don't want any of that, you know, so.
0: Right. Well, now, if you, if you were placed, and this is like a hypothetical question, but if you were placed in a Vince McMahon-type position, what's the one thing that you would do, you know, to make a major change, you know, to go in the right direction, you know, from where the business is now looking towards the future?
1: Well, one thing I would do, here's the main thing I would do to change the rest of the business. I would definitely have guys running the business alongside of me that right. are qualified, top guys to run the business beside me. Not that the guys aren't there, aren't qualified guys. The guys that are there are top guys in their own right and can wrestle in their own right in the wrestling business, but doesn't make them great teachers in the wrestling business. Right. It doesn't make them great teachers. You know, uh, I don't want to name any names, so I'll get in trouble for naming sure. names. But, uh, you know, it, does, it doesn't make them qualified. But having a guy like a Tully Blanchard, who was one part of the wrestling's greatest history of the Four Horsemen, or having one road warrior animal... Or having a Dusty Rhodes, or having you know a Magnum TA, or, or somebody else, or even you know Alpha or Sika, or one of the guys that has been around that knows the professional wrestling, right? And not just you know take everything so personal it, but but have the guy that has the experience and the knowledge and, and that is right for the job. Be the man that's right for the job. Right, right. now, it's everybody's friends of the boss, right? And that's the way it is. I mean, I know the guys that are working there for my brother. Most of those guys are his friends watching his back. Right. You know what I mean? So I mean, are they qualified? All of them? Absolutely not. Are some of them? Yeah, of course they are.
0: Okay, fair enough. Uh, I got one final question for you. I kind of put out a, a poll for my listeners to pick, you know, what they wanted me to ask you. And I've been, uh, get, I've been getting a, I've been getting a lot of requests to ask you about this YouTube video that's recently come online. Are you aware of that? That what now? It's a a YouTube video that's out there, uh, you know, kind of making fun of you, and and there's speculation that John Heidenreich is behind it. Have you heard Uh, about that?
1: I've not not even seen it. I don't know. What what is it about? You got got me.
0: It's it's basically they have some guy, you know, some kind of slouch dressed up with the spikes on uh, outside of some gas station, you know. Basically just, just kind of putting it down and, and putting your brother down and things like that. It's out there on YouTube. I, I can send you a link.
1: Well, it, it's all right. you know, And here's the thing to that. Okay. Anything you find in this wrestling business about like anybody putting me down or my brother down, right. what you got there, you know it's jealousy and sour grapes. Right. You know, and I and I would not be doubt one bit that Heidenreich was behind it. My brother fired Heidenreich three times. Right. You know what I mean? My brother fired Heidreich the last time. Uh, I know that Heidreich doesn't even have the pads. He was selling them on eBay. Oh, wow. Oh, I know. So tell me, I mean, who's harder up to do that? I mean, if that's what it's going to take for somebody to go on YouTube and do something like that, everybody knows it's not me in the picture.
2: Right,
0: yeah. <laughs> you,
1: know, you know what I mean? Oh, so I let guess. them do what they want to do. I, I could really give a shit. You yeah, know what I mean? Oh, excuse me, my language. Oh, no, that's fine. That's fine. I could really care less, man. <clears throat> if he's got to go that low to do something like that, well, then what does that say about that person?
0: Is, is there beast? You, you, you
1: know what it does? It, every, it, what it does, it just magnifies and makes everything conclusive and, and proof that what everybody was saying about him was true.
0: Right. Is there a legitimate beef between you and Heinrich? Is that what is that <clears throat>
1: Not a little bit. Little, little brief. The, the main beef was is, is John Heinrich, he couldn't, he couldn't own up to his mistakes, and he couldn't own up to messing up. Right. There was times there I would wait for that guy for two or three hours in the airport waiting for him with a rental car and waiting for rides him where he wouldn't give me the respect of calling me and letting me know he was coming. He, well, John Heinrich did is he made his own grave and he had a, and made his own bed and he had a lie in it, you know what I mean?
0: Right. All right, Animal, uh, I, I want to thank you very much for taking the time out today. Is there any final thing that you want to say out to your fans who are listening?
1: No, man. I mean, all the wrestling fans in the world, you know, I mean, uh, uh, they're smarter than that. They're smarter than the YouTubes. They're smarter than any of these other guys. They know they're watching the YouTube right now would help with you guys and, and guys like your station and, and other websites around you guys all know who the real deal is and who the real McCoy is. And, uh, you know, if somebody's saying something bad about to or Animal, you know, it's somebody that's jealous or somebody that just can't cut it in the wrestling business. Right. And, and, and they know that. And, and the wrestling fans have always been great to Hawk and I in the wrestling business. I've always been, you know, we've never had a beef with anybody. We've never even gotten hassles with anybody. And anybody we've ever gotten hassles, we've laughed about it years later. But right. if somebody has got to be really messed up and to the extent of going through that and making a YouTube video, you know, a little home done video on your mobile phone or something, you know what I mean? Right. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean, it's almost comical. I don't, brother, I, I won't even pull it up or look at it or laugh at it. It's just so ridiculous. It's not even funny. But uh, everybody knows me. I'm doing good for myself. I'm not. Uh, I'm not hurting. I'm. Mean, I'm doing in the business that I want to do. And you know what's really jealous and probably what really kills John Heinrich because I'm doing a job that he would really love to do right now. Right. i being an amateur football player. He can't even get nowhere near the amateur football ranks or get near the amateur football playing and get near coaching or, or drafting or, or you know, you know, have an athlete under his control or anything, and that probably drives him crazy. And, you know, and myself, I'm giving all these athletes, you know, workout advice and giving them all training advice. As a matter of fact, the Bartolo Corporation, who I work for now, is going to open up a huge sports training center, uh, it's either next. I think next summer they're going to open it up, and I'm going to be in charge of all the training that's involved at that sporting facility. So, you know, <clears throat> the knowledge and everything that I've learned in the past. I tell you what, you want to get the real story on Rank? Yeah. You do. You do an interview with a guy like Bob Holly. Bob Holly. Do an interview with a guy like Bob Holly, or you know, as a matter of fact, try to get an interview with Bob Holly. See how the guys felt in the, in the locker room when John Heinrich got that position to be my tag team partner and when he was blowing it and what the guys felt like. Half the guys wanted to kill him because he was just blowing his opportunity of a lifetime chance. And when somebody is doing this, and, and was was that, did that? Let me ask you this: Was that YouTube video was I making fun of my brother too?
0: Uh, it, it had a couple of mentions of your brother, but it, it was directly pointed at you. You know, like at a gas station with the spikes on, like you were working at a gas station now or something like that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, it is funny, and, and you and you know it's got to be somebody who's trying to make a dig at my brother if it's got my brother and I both in the same sentence. You know what I mean? Right. And the only one that would be doing something like that would be a guy like Heinrich, because like I said, my brother fired him two or three times, and, and you know, sometimes people can't, you know, hey, man, sometimes you just got to suck it up and admit when you're wrong, you're wrong, and just, you know, and move on from there, but, man, I hey, time you guys want me on the show, I'd love to do it, and, uh, you know, uh, the wrestling fans are what they are, they've always been great to the Legion of Doom, the Road Warriors, and always be special fans to us, and, You know, uh, I'm going over in September. I'm tag-teaming up with Kensuke Sasaki in Japan. Right. And uh, (coughs) we're doing a tribute show to Hawk. Uh Uh-huh. Because it's over three years after Hawk's been dead. And, uh, you know, now we're doing a tribute show to them and starting a new company. I'm going to be tagging up with Kensuke and calling ourselves the the Hell Warriors. You know, (laughs) Kensuke and Hawk are the Hell Razors, and we are the road warriors. Now we're we're, going to be the Hell Warriors together. And we're going to be doing some great things together.
2: So, you know, i got plenty of things going on.